Closing 2021 Over the next two episodes and this changing of the year, I'm going to be sharing my mini mantras. These are very small, free actions that have helped me with my physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Did I mention they're free? And not in the please sign up for my newsletter in order to get this PDF kind of way. These actions can take seconds and involve no passwords. Yes, no passwords. The question is, why do I need these? Why do I need to tell myself, often literally, out loud, to take these tiny actions and to consciously make an effort to make my life easier? Wait for it. Culture. Yes, culture. With each of these simple tasks that may be reflexes for others, I need to convince myself to change my behavior because I was raised in my family, in my community, by society, in many cases, to do the opposite. In this episode, I will start with the mini mantras that are useful year-round, but especially good for ending the year in preparation for a reset. So let's go ahead and start the conversation. Today, it's just me and you. This is Balancing Cultures, and I'm Megan Kitchen. Let's get started with the first mini mantra, which is mute the chat. I'm so thankful for technology as someone who lives away from friends and family, and the chat apps I have have been key in staying connected over the years, and especially during this pandemic era. But as a 30-something who grew up as the world was growing into the use of the internet, I feel like that frog in the story about the pot of warming up water. Have you heard this one? It's about if you put the frog into a pot of boiling water, it'll jump right out. But if you put a frog into regular water and heat it up slowly, the frog won't notice that suddenly it's sitting in boiling water. This is how I feel about the communication tools we have and the connectivity we have with technology these days. I feel like the expectations that we are constantly available grew slowly around us, especially for my generation. You know, we grew up with the internet starting to take place in the regular household. It wasn't just for government agencies and NASA or whoever else. We had a family computer. We had email. We had AOL. We had chat rooms in MySpace. Then when I was at Penn State University, Facebook was developed. And we were one of the first universities to have access to this. And I'll tell you, it looked very different back then. The same in a lot of ways, but different as well. And that started a whole new world of connectivity. And so now I sit here in an era where it's hard to connect in person, and I am thankful that we have this technology to connect even with people who are local to me, but I can't see in person as much as I used to or as much as I want to, though even that is changing. I have taken on a bit of my introvert side, and I'm appreciating some time to myself these days, which leads to this realization that 
Connectivity is great, but sometimes there's too much connectivity. There's too much of this availability, and there's too much pooling at me in all different directions for my attention and my mental bandwidth. And so I look at my phone and I look at the chat apps that I use, and I think, do I really need to be on call for all of these conversations all the time? I check my phone enough that if it's something relevant to the day, I'm going to read it. But do I need it in real time? Do I need the parent group from my son's school that's specific to a regional cultural group that talks mostly about what grocery store can I buy canned pumpkin in? Is that something that I need to have access to all the time? And do they need access to me all the time? No. So I say, mute the chat. I think that we were raised, my generation, these 30-somethings, and then the generations behind us, of course, and the generations that were ahead of us have adapted to this life as well, that we need to be constantly available. And I say, no. So what I did, my mini mantra that I threw out there for myself, because I'm challenging the culture I grew up with, I went through all of the chats and decided which ones could be muted. Now, with a lot of the chat apps available, you can mute for a couple hours, you can mute for a day or a couple days, or you can mute indefinitely. And I recommend that you use those tools to your advantage. If you need to get work done, mute everyone. But you can also decide that on the weekend you're going to mute anything work-related. You can decide that over a winter break or a summer break, you're going to mute anything school-related if you're a parent. And of course, you can decide in the end if you even want to be a part of these groups, because that's the main thing I'm really talking about here, are the groups. When you get into a group chat, I also encourage you that you don't need to be the first one to answer all the time. I'm mostly talking to myself now. Because I do feel like if I have an answer to something or if I have feedback on the question at hand, why not give it and give it freely? This person is asking for something. I can give it. I can be helpful in that way. But on the other side, I found myself, before I was muting chats, giving answers the second things were asked all the time to every chat. And I'm a part of several chats. And so once in a while, if I've joined a new group or if I only muted the chat for eight hours or a day and suddenly it's popping back up into my attention, I ask myself, do I need to mute the chat? Is this a chat that I want to actively participate in in real time, or do we need a break? Once in a while, it's okay not to be readily available. And so now, at the end of the year, I encourage you to take inventory of your chats. Decide what should be muted for a minute, for an hour, a day, forever, and maybe if there's some chats you should just leave. It's all up to you to make the start of the next year a little bit lighter. Go ahead, mute the chat. Now the next mini mantra is a two-for-one deal. It's two different mini mantras that often end up coming together. One thing at a time, and get hands-free. I'm the type of person who likes to multitask while brushing my teeth. 
Now, I don't want to skip on dental hygiene, so I make sure I do my two to three minute teeth brush. Toothbrush? Teeth brush. Doesn't matter. I make sure to get the full time in there. But two to three minutes is a lot of time to just be staring at myself in the mirror, and I don't need to be staring at myself in the mirror. So I start my electric toothbrush, which has a self-timer in it, and I start moving. I walk around the house, I pick up toys, I load something in the dishwasher, I grab the laundry basket, I take it to my bed, I take that thing that needs to be mailed from the kitchen counter all the way to the front door. I'll even stick a stamp on it if I can get my elbow in the right place to hold the envelope still. That's right, I am a toothbrushing multitasker. And where does this come from? I don't think I can blame my mom, though I'm sure she's a multitasker as well. She's a mom, she's a teacher, She likes to get things done. But I think this cultural habit, we'll call it, this cultural habit comes from the American society that I grew up in. It's about getting things done quickly and efficiently, and efficiently often means multitasking. If you can do two things at once, do three things at once. Push it to the limit. Get it done. And that's the mindset that I'm in. And I'm not going to say that this is gender-specific or parent-specific, but I have to say this became worse once I was a mom. Because being a parent is a full-time job. Put that on top of any other job you have, and you almost have no choice but to multitask because there's only so many hours in the day. The question is if multitasking is actually saving us time. Am I really saving time by running around for two to three minutes picking up things while I'm brushing my teeth, considering I'm one-handed and an elbow when I can coordinate it. I'm not sure that using those two to three minutes is actually saving me those two to three minutes, because the tasks I'm trying to achieve while brushing my teeth would probably take half the time if I did them with two hands. So why do I feel the need to run around and do more than one thing at a time, with my hands full. And so I have to tell myself, and again, this is something I have to say literally out loud. Well, not when I'm brushing my teeth. That's a bit difficult. But this is something that flows out into the rest of my life, not just during my dental hygiene sessions, is one thing at a time. I often stop, take a breath, because it's a moment where I maybe have become a bit flustered because something is not opening, a package is not opening because I'm trying to do it with one hand. And then my mini mantra or sub mantra to that, get hands free. That one I say more often to myself because I literally will have my arms full walking around my home trying to get things back into place, thinking I only have so much time. You know, I've got to go pick up the kids in an hour. I've got to get these things done. Or I've got an interview coming up. I need to gather these things up and put stamps on things before I jump into the recording booth. I always have a deadline and think, how many things can I crunch in before I get to that deadline? And I often, as a result, have my hands full of things. But that doesn't make me more efficient. And so I'll be walking around with my phone in one hand, because that's another habit I've got to break, is the need to constantly have my phone by my side. I'll have my phone in one hand. I'm trying to do something else with another. I remember I need to get a glass of water. Now, that's another sub-mantra that we can't forget. Please, everyone, go take a sip of water. Drink water. Not an official mantra, but drink water. 
But that's when I realize that I'm overwhelmed. I'm getting flustered because I can't accomplish something. And so I will literally put things down, sofa, bed, table, whatever's nearby, and say to myself, get hands free. Then I will look down at the things that were in my hands and decide, am I really being more efficient by doing all these things at once? Or can I just as quickly move through my space and through my tasks doing these one at a time? And often the answer is one at a time is the way to go. And so I gift you these mantras that maybe you need to be saying to yourself as well. Maybe you also grew up in a culture that favored multitasking and efficiency, even if that efficiency came at your own exhaustion. And I encourage you to take one thing at a time and when necessary, get hands free. And sometimes I've done my self-inflicted mantra check. I'm doing one thing at a time. I got hands free. But there's still this little thing that can help me really focus on the task at hand. And it's the next mini mantra. Pull back my hair. I need to pull back my hair. Now, this will be different for everyone. But for me, the physical thing that distracts me is getting hair in my face. If I need to focus, the hair needs to get out of the way. Whether it be back in a ponytail, up in a messy bun, doesn't matter. Just out of my face. Now for others, it could be another physical thing that's distracting you. Maybe before you start a task, you need to brush your teeth because the bad taste gets in your way. Or the freshness gives you a kickstart. For others, it could be a matter of socks. Do cold feet give you cold feet when it comes to starting a task? Put on some socks. Grab some house shoes. Do you run a bit warm and you can't think straight when you start overheating? Take those socks off. I'm a barefoot person myself. But my husband, he's a wool sock all day, every day. Even in the summer sometimes. Another thing to unpack for another day. But where's the culture here? Well, were you taught to listen to your body, to really be in tune with how your physical well-being or comfort impacts your functioning? I wasn't. If anything, I grew up in a culture where we were taught to take an ibuprofen and keep on trucking. Our physical well-being, and I'm not talking about my family culture, I'm looking at the greater society impact here, health from a physical standpoint and a mental standpoint was not the priority. Again, it was about getting things done, moving forward, productivity. But the more I've lived in a different type of culture and become aware of the way different cultures approach life, I've become more in tune with the idea of being in touch with how I feel physically impacts how I feel mentally and emotionally which then impacts my productivity and all the other things that we want to get done. And so for me, pull back my hair is a mini mantra that just reminds me that my physical comfort impacts how I move through the world. It impacts my mood. It impacts everything. And so something as little as making sure my hair is out of my face when I need to get something done, again, is it's a free, quick task that can really change how things are for my whole day. The question is, what is it for you? Is it putting on socks, taking off socks, 
Is it brushing teeth? Is it the fact that you keep picking at that one little nail that just needs a trim? Go clip your nail. It's so interesting how easily we can get distracted by these little physical things that we think, I can ignore that. I can just let that go. No, we can't. We get distracted. Sometimes you just have to acknowledge the distraction and then remove it. Don't try and work through the distraction. I can't think of anyone who, honestly, that is the better path for them. If you are, go ahead and message me. But I think the majority of us, if not all of us, have something physical that we try and work through that would be better if it was simply addressed if we took the time to handle it. Now, for some people, it might not take just seconds, and it might not be free. It might be a bigger picture thing. Maybe you need a different office chair or a standing desk. Maybe you need to go to physical therapy or you need to address something medically that you've been ignoring for a long time. Maybe you need to go to the dentist. Anyone? Anyone? I'm just asking that before we end this year, that we again take inventory, but this time of ourselves, of our physical well-being, and those little things that can really distract us from the rest of our tasks and the rest of our life. What is the tiny or not-so-tiny physical thing that you would benefit from addressing? Taking the time to really see how can I either get this out of my way or improve it to the best of my abilities so I can move on. And maybe it's something as little as pulling back your hair. And last but not least, the last mini mantra to end the year to close out 2021, but to keep using in 2022, 2023, 2024, forever and always, my last mini mantra is close the door. Over the last few years with stay-at-home orders and then quarantining here and there, and then as a parent, just breaks, school breaks, I have had to remind myself that it's okay to close the door. Once in a while, I just need physical space and mental space away from the people in my household. Now, I'm a mom. I've got two young kids. My kids are now three and five. I've got a husband who works from home the majority of the time, and I do feel the need often to be available to them. I am the main cook in the household. I am the main organizer. I know where everything is. I'm often the one that they go, hey, where's this thing? I always know. That's just how my mind works. But sometimes I need a break. If for no other reason than to just not do anything in that moment. I saw someone posted a meme on Instagram, I think, the other day, and it was, I never really understood why my mom would sometimes just go into a room, shut the door, turn the light off, and lay on the bed to do nothing. But I get it now. Oh, do I? I get it now. And the thing is, we're allowed to do that. We're allowed to take a moment to just sit in the dark if we want, to just do nothing. And it's okay to tell the people in our household, whether it be kids, partners, roommates, our cats, that we just need a minute, more than a minute, take more than a minute. And when you do, literally close the door. 
put that divider there to create that physical space for yourself. Because I've done the thing where I stay in the same room and I say, I just need to sit down for a minute. Or I go into the kitchen and say, I just need a minute to like chop vegetables by myself. But I'm still doing something. And sometimes I need to take myself away from the situation entirely. Even away from my own tasks so that I can have a minute to just be. And whether that's around holiday time when there's a lot going on and the routines are a bit off, or in the middle of a busy work week when you've just gotten out of one meeting and you're about to go into another and you literally have five minutes to go to the toilet, grab a glass of water, just take a second and maybe close the door in that instance is close your laptop. Create that physical barrier between you and the stuff. Just close the door. And while we're here talking about literal doors and laptops and computers and whatever other thing you need to close yourself off from for a minute, let's also talk about the figurative. Sometimes you just need to close a door, whether that's temporary or forever. And the end of a year is a great time to take that inventory and to consider where do I need to be closing a door for my physical, mental, and emotional well-being? And what have I been taught that I need to hold on to but actually is not useful for me anymore? Whether it be traditions, values, habits, all the things that our families and our societies and our cultures have taught us to put on a pedestal that maybe is not bringing value to our lives and we don't need to be doing that anymore. It's a great time at the end of a year to say, this doesn't serve me anymore, or this doesn't serve me right now. Because closing a door can do both. It can be that break that you need from the things that are piling up, or it can be a disconnection from the things that no longer serve you. And so the mini mantra to end the year, to end this episode, both literally and figuratively, is close the door. So those are the mini mantras to close 2021, to end the year. Mute the chat. Take one thing at a time. Get hands free. Pull back your hair. And close the door. Now next week's episode in 2022 will be mini mantras for starting the year. And I look forward to sharing a few more of the things that have been helping me feel mentally, physically, and emotionally more grounded in next week's episode. And I'll see you in 2022. Thanks for being a listener. This was Balancing Cultures, and I'm Megan Kitchen. 